Chapter Nine of Yon of the Windmill. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Florence Short. Yon of the Windmill by Juliana Horatia Ewing. Chapter Nine Gentry Born, Learning Lost. Yon's Bedfellow, Amabel after the nurse and baby had left the mill mrs lake showered extra caresses upon the little jan it had given her a strange pleasure to see him in contact with the squire's child she knew enough of the manners and customs the looks and the intelligence of the children of educated parents to be aware that there were makings in those who were born heirs to developed intellects and the grace that comes of discipline very different from the makings to be found in the foolish descendants of ill-nurtured and uneducated generations she had no philosophical hardly any reasonable or commendable thoughts about it but she felt that jan's countenance and his ways justified her first belief that he was gentry born she was proud of his pretty manners indeed curiously enough she had recalled her old memories of nursery etiquette under a first-rate upper nurse in her young days to apply them to the little jan's training why she had not done this with her own children is a question that cannot perhaps be solved till we know why so many soldiers used for it may be a quarter of a century to personal cleanliness as scrupulous as a gentleman's and to enforce neatness of clothes rooms and general habits take back to dirt and slovenliness with greediness when they leave the service and why many a nurse whose voice and manners were beyond reproach in her mistress's nursery brings up her own children in after-life on the village system of bawling banging threatening cuddling stuffing smacking and coarse language just as if she had never experienced the better discipline attainable by gentle firmness and regular habits mrs lake had a small satisfaction in jan's brief and limited intercourse with so genteel a baby and after it was all over she amused herself with making him repeat the baby's very genteel and as she justly said uncommon name when abel came back from school he resumed his charge and mrs lake went about other work she was busy and the nurse boy put jan to bed himself the sandy kitten waited till jan was fairly established so as to receive her comfortably and then she dropped from the roof of the press bed and he cuddled her into his arms where she purred like a kettle just beginning to sing outside the wind was rising and passing more or less through the outer door it roared in the roundhouse but they were well sheltered in the dwelling-room and could listen complacently to the gusts that whirled the sails and made the heavy stones fly round till they shook the roof just above the press-bed a candle was stuck in the wall and the dim light falling through the gloom upon the children made a scene worthy of the pencil of rembrandt that great son of a windmiller when mrs lake found time to come to the corner where the old press-bed stood the kitten was asleep and jan very nearly so and by them sat abel watching every breath that his foster-brother drew and 
as he watched his trustworthy eyes and most sweet smile lighting up a face to which his forefathers had bequeathed little beauty or intellect he might have been the guardian angel of the nameless jan scarcely veiled under the likeness of a child his mother smiled tenderly back upon him he was very dear to her and not the less so for his tenderness to jan then she stooped to kiss her foster-child who opened his black eyes very wide and caught the sleeping kitten round the head in the fear that it might be taken from him tell abel the name of pretty young lady you see to-day love said mrs lake but jan was well aware of his power over the miller's wife and was apt to indulge in caprice so he only shook his head and cuddled the kitten more tightly than before tellin yanny dear tellin there's a lappy said mrs lake who did daddy put in the hopper but still jan gazed at nothing in particular with a sly twinkle in his black eyes and continued to squeeze poor sandy to a degree that can have been little less agonizing than the millstone torture and obdurate he would probably have remained but that abel bending over him said do ee tell poor abel jan the child fixed his bright eyes steadily on abel's well-loved face for a few seconds and then said quite clearly in soft evenly accented syllables amabel and the sandy kitten having escaped with his life crept back into jan's bosom and purred itself to rest End of chapter nine